welcome to Under the School Bus. I am your host, Cole, and with me is my ever so delightful <laughs> co-host, K-Dub. How's it going, K-Dub? Things are great. Oh, good. That's good. Today, we are talking about purpose. So... Um, I'm going to start by handing it the time over to Katrina. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we were originally talking about the different things that make a good teacher versus a bad teacher, the thing that I thought of was that you have to have the right passion and the right vision and the right purpose for being a teacher. Because we all talked about how you don't get paid well enough for the difficulty and the challenge of the job and really the hours that you have to put in to be a really excellent teacher. You just don't get compensated enough for that. And so if you're not in it for the right purpose, then generally you don't do so well as a teacher. And sometimes end up kind of dragging the whole system or the, the school or the, the teams down in a lot of ways. And so you really need, if you're going to go into teaching and you're thinking about teaching, you have to really have a passion for it and want to do it. And I know that we're in a teacher shortage right now and we need lots of teachers and it might sound like I'm discouraging teaching. It's really super rewarding, but you have to feel that reward. And if you're not in, in it for the right purpose and you're not in it because you enjoy the reward of seeing kids progress and making a difference and all of those things that teachers do, then you just won't make it and you'll probably end up burning out pretty quick. So... I guess that wraps it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just... No, 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 no. I just was... I hurried and got on my computer as, as you were um, talking about this because it reminds me of the when I teach kids like in the summer about job skills and, well, all through the school year. Um, uh, a lot of times we talk about the difference between a calling, a career, and a job mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And obviously, if you have a, most of our kids right now in high school are looking to get a job, right? They're mm-hmm. not going for their calling yet, you know? And I think that one of the things I try to push them to is instead of just saying, okay, I want a career in this, really think about what it is, like what mark you want to leave on the earth, basically. And I, and for me, that's what the calling part is. Mm-hmm. A Calling isn't working in a job that you love necessarily because I come here a lot and I can't find the love for my job necessarily. But a calling is that deeper feeling that you feel where you know that you, even though it's difficult and even though you're going to have crappy days, you are still willing to do it because you're making the world a better place. And I think I hear this from not just teachers and not just people that work in the social kind of service a setting. But even talking to like our financial business manager about, you know, sometimes he has days where he's rough and he just, I just don't feel like I'm making a difference. And that's what we need as people is to feel like we're making a difference. And if you're going to go into teaching, that has to be why you do it. Right. It has to be more than just a career. It has to be your calling. Well, and it has to be more than just your content knowledge mm-hmm. because your content knowledge, it's, it's kind of like before I was a teacher, I was a bartender. And I had to have a lot of content knowledge of how to mix different drinks and what the different drinks were. But that was only about 5% of my job. Mm -hmm. 95% of my job was customer service and making that person feel important when they came up to the bar. And it's the same thing. 5% of a job as a teacher is their content knowledge. And 95% of it is engaging that student and making them feel like they can accomplish things and helping them get self-confidence 
confidence and a self-esteem and helping them discover things about themselves that they didn't and talents that they didn't know they had and helping them bring those talents into their lives to make their lives better. That's the 95%. Only 5% is mathematics or science or English. Yeah, I... (laughs) There's always that that statement that people who can't do teach statement and it's always I hate it so much because that is kind of the stigma that that teachers sometimes have is like, oh, well, you couldn't make it in the world in your field. And so you became a teacher. And that's just that probably I mean, I know that is the case with some people that I've interviewed for jobs, but like college professors, right? It's not, it's not what will actually make you be able to stay in the profession and make you want, make you have the drive to be a good teacher. And so when we had the the teacher shortage, you know, one of the responses, which we've probably talked about before, while we're in it, when (laughs) when it started to be a big deal and enough so that lawmakers and people were paying attention to it, they started this new licensure program called the APT, which is the Academic Pathway to Teaching, which basically open the door for anybody with a bachelor's degree, regardless of what it was in, to be able to be a teacher. And all they have to do is just pass an exam in the subject area. They don't even, I don't even think you have to have a degree in the subject area. Just as long as you can pass the exam in the subject area, then they hand you a license and say, go get a job. And then it's up to the schools to then develop a training program for that person. So when we did that, I got lots of, started to get lots of really interesting candidates for jobs. (laughs) So one candidate, is the type of person who has a degree, but for some reason lacks the social skills or whatever, the job skills, the executive functioning skills to get a job anywhere else. And those are interesting because on their resume, you can always see like in their plans, they've got like a bazillion different subject areas that they're trying to like get at least a job in one of these subject areas. They're not always specified in one. And I mean, there's been interviews where we've sat there and my assistant principal and I have looked at each other like, okay, I have this list of questions that I'm supposed to ask this person, but I'm just done. And two questions in, we're like, so that's about, I think that's about all we have for you. And um, (laughs) do you have any questions for us? (laughs) And it's like, ah, just, you can't, being a teacher and not having the ability to connect with anyone really is not good. So if that's your situation and you're looking to get into teaching and you're just like, well, I'll just try that because I don't, can't get a job anywhere else, please don't. And the other thing that I see a lot and granted this, we were talking about this a little bit before, is that I part of the reason I went into education, honestly, is that you, if you have a family, you're on the same schedule as your kids. And I interviewed one lady last year that she came in and said, I've been doing this job for a long, she was working at some place where she was like a manager, not a manager, but she was like kind of in a directorship kind of position is what it sounded like. So she was high up in her organization and she just was saying, you know, things have been challenging with my daughter and I'd really like to have a schedule where we're on the same we're on the same schedule so I can you know spend the time to take care of her and do the things that I need to do and then I asked her she's like I've been trying to get jobs for like a year and nobody will hire me like I was she was just entitled to a teaching job because she'd been successful somewhere else and I said 
So have you done any like substitute teaching? No. Like, have you taken any classes or looked into what it would take to get your license? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your thoughts about classroom management? <laughs> like she had no, she had no foundation. No, she hadn't even Googled how to manage a classroom um, or Googled like interview questions for a teaching job to even have the right answers to even have the, the buy the book bullshit to tell me. <laughs> she just, I deserve a job because I'm good at something else. So clearly I can be a teacher. And it's so, it's so insulting. It really is. If you really knew the amount of interpersonal skills that you have to have in order to be a te- in order to be a successful teacher. Yeah. Emotional intelligence, I think. Right. You have to have a really high right. emotional intelligence and an ability to like look at a situation and not take it personally and analyze what's really going on and stay calm. Just that piece alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's just one piece. You know, you have to have that sixth sense that something's going on with somebody in their lives and empathy. And you have to know what to do in each case and how to handle things. And a lot of times you're handling things with very kick gloves. And, you know, it's so much more than standing in front of a classroom and handing out information. Like that's about 5% of teaching, like I said before. Mm -hmm. I almost said soft skills, but I hate that term. It drives me nuts because I think that they should be called intricate skills. Or I went with interpersonal because Mm -hmm. I think that sounds better than soft skills. Because they really are the most integral skills that you can learn as a human. But if you don't have those, you're going to have a very, very difficult time engaging your students. Yeah, I think... And I don't think, I think it's something that you can work on and that you can learn. You know, I've watched teachers come in, especially in our setting, because it's so different than being in regular public education and with a different kind of population of kids. And I've watched people come in not understanding necessarily how to work with our kids, but learning. I I think it is something that you can learn to do if you're really conscious about it. But if you're not passionate about making a difference in kids' lives and you're not passionate about teaching in a way that makes a difference. If you're just if you're just interested in delivering content to kids and having your summers off, you're not going to have the drive to hone those skills because it is something you can develop, but you won't have the desire to do it if you're just worried about getting the content out and they should just listen. And it is difficult. And there's a lot of ways that you can support education and make those differences without being, being in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think I look at some of the people that support our programs. Mm-hmm. That, that have donated, you know, clothing and money and everything else, they don't necessarily have to become teachers to make a difference in the world of our students. They can support their local school. They can support whatever they want, whatever piece that they want to in education and whatever they believe in without coming in and saying, okay, I'm going to get my hands dirty and get in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Because it really isn't, it isn't set up for everyone. And I do think that you can come in to it with the drive and you can come in just like I believe everyone can learn that I that I could bring a teacher in if it was truly their calling and they had the drive but let's say they didn't have the interpersonal skills mm-hmm. they would have the drive to learn those and they could overcome that and they could become a successful teacher yeah. but if it's not your calling you're going to you're going to get what's the word I'm looking for <sighs> 
you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna start to get really upset at your kids really quickly mm-hmm. and frustrated with them because you're not willing you're not going to see all of the things surrounding that child that they have going on that's going against them you're just gonna see them as a bad kid mm-hmm. and there there's no such thing and I really like what you said about I guess for me, sometimes this whole thing, like I said, with the lady that came in and just expected to get a job because, you know, clearly teachers don't need to have that many skills and I don't even need to bother to look it up. It's so insulting when... I'm grateful for some of the doors that the APT license has opened up, but it's really insulting at the same time. Right. Because this is a, this is not something that I just, oh, I just want to be a teacher, so I'm going to just be a teacher. Right. Like, I paid for an education to be here. It is my calling. It is my career. And to just send that message that just anybody can step into education and be a teacher because there's not enough of them is just, it's insulting. And I think the other thing, if you're wanting to make a difference and you're wanting to be involved in schools, like you said, you don't have to be a teacher to do that you can support teachers. I guess I just would ask that you do it in a way that is not, I'm coming here to fix a problem or coming here Mm -hmm. to, because a lot of times (laughs) I have parents who will come in and want to be, want to volunteer and want to help on their, their agenda, right on their agenda and, and telling me how to do my job differently or how to fix things. Or, you know, we just had a, I don't know, (laughs) just try to understand where we're coming from and and be like help rather than a like this is what I'm going to do because this is my agenda I think it's well and I'll just say it and we've said it before the things that we need the most are not the sexiest things to give right (laughs) we need support with things like reading programs and math programs and not like a fancy new theater Mm -hmm. you know or whatever it is we need if you're going to come in and volunteer or help you might not want to do what it is that we need. Right. And a lot of times I'll tell you right now, it's not some like overcomplicated fundraising event. <laughs> I mean, that's great and all, but in the end of my experience with that has always been that it just falls back on me to do a lot of navigating and managing people in a big event that then may or may not have as much, Right. we may not have as much benefit as we can get out of it. A lot of times really it's just come in and donate clothes. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we have is a community closet that we we need things for. Or sometimes we just need help with building stuff. Granted, at a district, they might not need that. But, you know, maybe I need some shelves built or like (laughs) just some... A kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. Just some things like that. Or There's ways to fulfill your wanting to make a difference without you having to turn your life upside down and become a teacher. Yeah. You know, and I think that also but if that's your calling do it <laughs> well yeah if it's your calling because... if you just want to if you just want to feel good send some money you know yeah. like if you just want to feel good then don't go into teaching if you think that it's easy it'll be a fun easy job and you'll get to hang out and you'll have all of your holidays off and you'll have your summers off don't and the go... kids will just adore you oh yeah if you've watched too many education movies oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> just realize that that's not reality. <laughs> 
Well, and just realize that the reason that those teachers were picked for those realities was because of the fact that they put their heart and soul into something, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't that they just showed up and mm-hmm. w- walked into the classroom and everybody was like, oh, captain, my captain. Those teachers that they make movies about have like basically dedicated their whole lives, their whole personal life, their whole everything to student success because and, it was a calling. And realize too, like one of the ones that I think about most is like Freedom Riders. All of the things that she was up against and all the things that she fought with the district and then she had those tough kids and she started to see them as people. Like you have to realize that in that movie you only saw one little classroom of students Right. that everybody was impacted. Realize that actually she was teaching in California, yeah? Yeah. I taught in California my first year's teaching in the early 2000s and I had 45 kids in seven different classes. So where's all those kids stories in those movies not every single kid was like oh this is the best thing that ever happened to me and you've changed my life and she didn't connect with every single kid that she had in her classroom but that's what it's portrayed as because you know it's a movie because one kid was impacted and went on and became a filmmaker with connections yeah and i think that that's the thing that you have to think about when you watch those and you're inspired i was personally inspired by the movie summer school so (laughs) (laughs) but the bottom line to that movie though wasn't that he took the job so he could get his summers off the bottom line to that movie was that he made those connections and those students improved Mm -hmm. and that's what I wanted I would also say if you're a teacher right now and it is your calling and that's what you're doing and you're having a hard time this is hard for all of us but you do make a difference. You absolutely do make a difference. And even when kids are fighting you or kids, you don't feel like you're connecting with kids or you have one kid that's just killing you, know that there's a bunch of other kids that you are impacting and know that you're not going to... You're. Also, don't get your ego too tied up in it. There are kids that you won't connect with and that you have a hard time with. And sometimes you have to know your strengths and you have to know someone else in the building to like pass that kid off to. But know that you do make a difference. Right. And that's one of the hardest things that we do too, right? Is really when you get burned out is understanding that it's going to be okay and it's going it, to, it will eventually. Just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. You just got to keep swimming. And we'll talk about burnout later on. But. I think that one of the things that you can do is if you're thinking about becoming a teacher, do it for the right reasons. Because if you don't, you're going to be miserable and you're not going to make the difference that you think you're going to make. And if you're a teacher who knows that this is your calling, but you're thinking about leaving it, hold on. Hang in there. Hang in there. You are going to be miserable anywhere else you go. Because, and I totally understand that feeling. I spent my whole life knowing that I wanted to make a difference and not knowing how to do it until I became a teacher. And it was during that time that I found my purpose. Why did you become a teacher in the first place? Like, did you have this dream of freedom writers <laughs> and captain, my captain? No. Not at all. So for me, it wasn't about some inspirational movie or even having, even honestly having a super awesome teacher that made a difference in my life. So I guess I'm a little bit different than a lot of teachers. I I went into it 100% because I wanted to make a difference in kids' lives. I grew up, my next door neighbors had a, were foster parents. 
and they always took in like the toughest of the tough kids because they wanted to make a lot of money on it. So, I mean, I was exposed to at-risk teenagers (laughs) from a really young age and I just found myself wanting to make a difference for kids like that. Even though I was young and I was their peer, I wanted to make a difference. And so from the very beginning, I was always looking for a career that I could make a difference in. I started out (laughs) with a major in modern dance and I was going to be a dance teacher. (laughs) That's funny if you know me. (laughs) beautiful. And then I realized not to like, not to knock that profession at all. I think it's awesome and it's amazing, but there really just aren't that many dance teaching positions out there. And a lot of times at best, it's not full-time positions at the time. Anyway, there weren't huge dance programs at schools and not for modern dance. I was like, why am I going to go to school for six years? Because by the way, if you're not in education, if you want to be a teacher, you have to do a, you have to get a major. And then on top of that, you have to get a whole nother set of classes that usually takes a year and a half ish and you have to have a minor. So it's not like just a four year degree. (laughs) So I was like, why do I want to go to that much school? schooling and then not have full-time positions. So then I switched to language arts, but I've always wanted to be in a helping position or helping kind of career. And that's why I went into teaching. And because, you know, traditional family roles, like if you're a woman and you're going to raise a family, you need to be home with your kids. And so teaching is an acceptable career for women to go into. So that really, that combination of things, but. Wow. Way to set us back to the 19th. I know. <laughs> well, 60s, you can see. 50s, whatever, wherever we just Well, you can see from how my life has taken, the direction my life has taken, that's not exactly what worked out for me. And I wasn't very good at the staying at home thing. (laughs) I guess the short answer is I went into teaching because I wanted to make a difference. And it's my calling because that's what I do. And the subject area has always come secondary. Part of the reason why I went into language arts is because you get to talk about really cool, deep stuff. And you get to really explore all sorts of social issues and all sorts of emotional issues and all the things in literature you get to talk about. And so it was a way for me to talk about tough stuff with kids. So it's always been about helping kids. Um, Well, I was born into, it's the family business for me. Both of my parents were educators and my brother, sister-in-law are educators. My grandpa was an educator. My aunt and uncle Mm -hmm. were educators. So it was definitely kind of the family business. My sister is a speech language pathologist and I fought it for a really long time. I wanted to be a comedy writer and I ended up being a bartender and then working in movies as a uh, in the art department and just not embracing the comedy writing portion and not getting anywhere with that and really having my life feel like I wanted to make a difference but didn't know how and my parents kept saying well you should become a teacher you should become a teacher it'll be great you can still have your summers off and you, if you want to do comedy writing you can still do that and if you want to do whatever you can still do that and as I was working in the movie business I started writing children's books and I hit a place where I had a issue happen in my life where I had been diagnosed with lupus and I got to this place where if I can't, I want to get this message out that I've written in my books and if I can't get it out by like getting my books published, how can I get it out? And the answer for me was to become a teacher. And so I spent the next couple of years just working towards that and figuring out how to do that and I became a teacher and here I am 12 years later. 
later. <laughs> still hanging out, still hopefully, knock on wood, making that difference that I was hoping to make. <sighs> uh, <laughs> and it really has become a passion for me, and it has become, it's not just what I do from eight to four, it's, it's my whole life. My whole life is figuring out how to help kids, coming up with programs that will help kids, working with other schools to help kids, working on businesses to help give kids job experience that they so desperately need, and all those social skills, and what did I call them? Soft skills, except yeah. they're not soft, they're... Interpersonal. Or interpersonal skills that they so desperately need, and I dragged my wife into it, and got her involved, and it's what we do, it's our whole life, is trying to figure out how to make things better for the kids that we work with. And that's where I say, and P.S., you also need some balance. <laughs> <laughs> We have fun doing it. But that's the thing yeah. is that you do and it is your life. But that's when that it when it, it's okay if it's your life, if that's what you truly love doing right. and you enjoy doing and you still I mean, not that you, you do still take care of yourself sometimes. <laughs> I do. And I stop when I have to stop and I figure it out. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not I don't I don't you don't feel resentful about no. doing that. You don't feel resentful about spending all your time doing this because it's your calling. Right. Right. And I think that that's really the key to being a successful teacher is you can have deficits. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> One of mine is obviously boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's your calling, you can get through any of that. But if you're just coming in as a career, or it's a fun thing to do because you're sick of working in, I don't know, a corporation. Mm -hmm. That's not teaching isn't going to be a breath of fresh air for you. No, it's hard. And I have on the flip side I have seen plenty of amazing teachers one of our one of our most amazing math teachers came to us from engineering and it was really a second like I retired and now I want to give back kind of situation it was not easy for him he had a rough time figuring things out at first and figuring out how to teach and how to reach the kids and how to manage a classroom. All those things were really hard, but he had the passion for working with these kids and he just, you could see that it just renewed him right. even though it was hard because it was a calling, even though he'd come to it from another career. And the same for you, mm -hmm. you know, you came to it from another career and it still is your calling. So don't... Well, and it's the same with my wife. She worked in the medical field forever and was just over it and now she's in it to win it yeah if you if you're in something else and you feel like it's your calling go for it know that it's going to be hard but know that if you if it's really your calling it will be fulfilling for you and take the courage and courageous step and the pay cut and do it <laughs> and i will say that i took a huge pay cut going from working in the movies and working as a bartender <laughs> to becoming a teacher it took me probably 10 years to make again what i made back then but you're right it was worth it it was worth the pay cut and it was worth turning my life like making that change because when i go to bed at night i i don't ever go to bed not feeling fulfilled and not feeling like i've made a difference because i do mm -hmm. I uh, I also wanted to mention that 
I am one of those people that have benefited from those types of teaching programs. <laughs> I didn't go through and get my original degree in education. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do, and I figured out a way to do it. And I've seen a lot of really good teachers come out of those types of programs, and I, I have seen a lot of, of teachers that just wanted to come in and have their summers off, and those teachers get weeded out really quickly. Hopefully. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I know working with tough kids, they do. Yeah. Yeah. That if they're lucky and they get into a school where all the kids sit up and with their all their pens and pencils and notebooks and they're ready to learn every day and they write everything down that you say, that's they, they hit they they hit gold. Like that's they got what they wanted. But I don't know if I'd I don't think I'd be happy there. I, I wouldn't I don't think I'd feel the same way that I feel when I when I make a student that doesn't want to learn learn. <laughs> <laughs> That brings me to a whole nother thing that we talk about <laughs> that I think we had originally started talking about with this is that I also worked with a lot of teachers. There's those teachers. This is another type that drives me bonkers is the ones that try to like weasel themselves into teaching just the best kids. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And they give all the poor new teachers the worst kids. That's a whole nother thing. Don't do that, please. That's You're a teacher. Not, that's not teaching. It's it's like, oh, what can I compare that to? It's like, oh, okay. It's like a professional soccer team playing like a peewee league. Mm -hmm. Or a professional whatever team playing a peewee league. Like, if you, if you come in and you're the one with the experience, you are working to get more experience. That's what, that's what education is, is we don't stop learning. Yeah. The teacher is the last person that needs to stop learning. And in order to keep learning, we have to keep growing and that in, involves difficult students it involves difficult situations if you just make it easy for yourself you're not growing and neither are your students no. my first teaching job I got advanced all the advanced language arts classes and then when I got to the school I realized that they just named it that because they didn't want they had split it into levels and that was the lowest level but they didn't want them to feel bad <laughs> Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so the new brand spanking new teachers fresh out of college got all of the advanced kids, 45 of them in a classroom. Oh, well, yeah. then the experienced teachers who'd had been there like for a 12. while had like, yeah, like 12 honors kids or whatever it was. Oh, Super advanced. They do class. that all the time. They all The new person that doesn't have any experience gets the kids that need the most experience. And if you're an experienced teacher, flip that. Take on the tough kids because you have the experience and the ability to do it. And if the if your purpose in education is to make it easy for yourself, you're in the wrong profession. Right. Rule 76, no excuses, play like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you wouldn't want your what wouldn't want your students to take the easy way out. Like students learn more from modeling than any other scenario. So if you're constantly taking the easy way out, step it up. We need you to step it up. And you have the skill set to be able to do that. So take it on and let the one and let the struggling teachers that are still learning and getting their sea legs <laughs> <laughs> let them have it a little bit easier to so that they don't burn out within the first year and a half. Yeah. Let's see. Anything good? 
He always asks me this, and it's always, I listen to so many podcasts because I have such a long commute. You know what my good thing is? Dolly's America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast about Dolly Parton, and it's just amazing. And I've never been a big Dolly Parton fan, but oh now gosh. I am. And we were listening to her Nine at to home. Five. Oh. Are you kidding me? That movie changed my life. <laughs> I wrote her a letter when I was a kid and was like, so like, I got a, I got a autographed picture of her in the mail one time. And I would just thought she's the greatest person. I used to call them. It was before like, tape recorders and all that mm-hmm. stuff and I used to call the radio station over and over and over again <laughs> and request 9 to 5 and then as That's soon awesome. as they played it I'd start calling again <laughs> until oh I gosh. got smart I held my dad's you know old school 70s recorder in front uh-huh. of the radio and recorded awesome. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Dolly Parton. Yep. So, yeah, I'm a new fan. Good. And it's awesome. Good. Played her at home while we were cleaning. My husband's like, what are we listening to? I was like, it's great. (laughs) He's like, this isn't cleaning music. I'm like, what's wrong with it? He's like, lots of things. I'm like, you're stupid. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I guess my good thing is I uh, decided to take on coaching junior varsity basketball and tryouts are today. So I guess we're going to see what happens there. (laughs) Oh, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. The last thing I want to cover is a word from our sponsor, FYI CBD Gummies. If you have battled chronic pain, if if you battle anxiety, depression, I highly recommend CBD. CBD, and I highly recommend FYI CBD. I myself personally have been able to cut down. I take pain medication because I have a lot of chronic pain, and I've been able to cut that down by a fourth since I started taking FYI CBD. And I've seen a huge difference in it with uh, people that have anxiety. Like, I watch it happen with 10 minutes, all of a sudden they're they're at baseline, (laughs) including my mother. (laughs) I was just going to say, if you've been teaching for a long time, you probably have anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) Going into a classroom and getting emotionally abused every day. But we love it because we make a difference. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, so I just want to thank FYI CBD for their sponsorship. And if you're interested in FYI CBD, you can go to FYICBD.com. And I should be getting a promo code soon for that. Also, if you have stories, personal stories about teaching, being taught, education in general, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at utsbstories at gmail.com that is utsb s-t-o-r-i-e-s at gmail.com stay educated and don't drop out right